Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake. Oh! <laughs> and today we will be talking about the 11th episode of the first season of Supernatural, titled Scarecrow. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so the v- first victim they show, the the ones that they show in like a little bit before the title card. Yeah. Her name's Polly. I thought it was Holly. I heard Polly, and all I could think is like Polly Pocket Dolls. Oh. <laughs> I had so many little Polly Pocket dolls. You remember when they had, they used to have like the plastic clothes and then they updated it to be magnetic clothes? No. Oh my God, the magnetic clothes were so much fucking easier to change them in and out of. Nothing Didn't beats... they used to be like the rubber clothes? Yes. Yeah. Nothing beats the nostalgia. I can still smell <laughs> those clothes. Like if I think about it, I'm like, mm, yes, the Polly Pocket smell. <laughs> Either way, Polly or Holly, she has good instincts. She was like, mm, I don't like this vibe. I don't want to go through this orchard i want to hang out in the car and she should have done that what i'm gonna get is why didn't they hang out in the car and wait till morning like you can sleep in the car it's fine they're they're far enough why not just sleep in the car and then in the morning go to get help i mean i guess so i feel like like it's the middle of the night they've got no phone reception like what are they gonna do like i think i mean i guess that's like why they head towards like the house i kind of want to know who the fuck owns the house because they never actually, like, specify or, like, show who owns the house. It's just kind of like, there's a house. It's got lights. Maybe no one lives there. Maybe the, like, townspeople just, like, turn the lights on so it's, like, clear. I don't know. But the point is, Holly should have trusted her gut. She should never have gone into the into the orchard with whatever her husband's name was. I can't remember. The guy with the tattoo. But what gets me is, I was under the impression that orchards don't normally have scarecrows. So I was really confused because I've never seen... Like a scarecrow in an orchard. I don't think I've seen that many scarecrows just in general, if I'm honest with you. I feel like I've maybe seen like one. Gosh, down in my life. <laughs> Jamie, we grew up in the same town. <laughs> Where have you seen scarecrows like regularly? My aunt used to have one on her farm. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. <laughs> um, but no, like I've never seen scarecrows, like, because I used to go up to my other auntie's farm. She had a farm in the middle of, like, whoop, like it was, like, a three-hour drive out of society. Oh, yeah. So I used to go up to do the shearing of the sheep and used to drive past and they'd have scarecrows, but it was more in, like, fields. Yeah. Or, like, around veggie patches and stuff. Like, that's where my aunts used to be, over a veggie patch. So I've never seen a scarecrow in an orchard and I don't see why you would have a scarecrow in an orchard, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't because... make so much sense because, like, if you've got it in a flat field, you can see it from a long way away, which is how it scares off the birds, birds. and stuff. But if it's under the tree cover from the orchard... Although, to be fair, maybe it wasn't always an orchard. No, but it was because the whole reason they have this pagan protection god... Yeah. That looks like a scarecrow is because they brought it over with them from when they immigrated, immigrated. from uh, somewhere in northern Europe. I'm pretty sure they said like yeah. Scandinavia or yeah, something somewhere along yeah. there. Uh, they were looking at Norse gods, so it's got to be some yeah. somewhere along there. And they said that it was brought over when they brought over the first apple tree. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is like just because it was like the initial apple tree, like they could have had other stuff planted there, and then they were like, actually, we're gonna make this a whole apple orchard because like they planted one tree, that doesn't mean they planted all of the trees all at the same time. Okay, look, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I'm also I'm just. But it's for just me, a suggestion. That is an immediate warning sign because scarecrows don't belong in orchards. I mean, it could just be like that's not how they protect the trees from birds. It could just be like an ornament. 
Like, you know, you have garden gnomes. Maybe so someone was like, creepy Ooh. fucking ornament. Someone's like, oh, I could put a scarecrow. Yes, okay. So, knowing what you do now, the orchards don't normally have scarecrows. Yeah. If you, your car broke down the side of the road, right? Yeah. You look over, you're like, there's a house there. And between you and it is an orchard with a creepy fucking scarecrow. Would you trust the person who lives in that house to help you? In all honesty, yeah, I think I'd probably still go knock on the door. The scarecrow would freak me out regardless. Like, even if it was in, like, just a veggie patch, I'd be like, ooh, I hate that. Kind of like mannequins, you know? It just, it's like, it's a humanoid figure that's not human, and I feel like that's always kind of creepy. First episode of Doctor Who vibes. Yeah. Big time, yes. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, but I feel like I would still be like, I would just, like, power walk past it. Like, I wouldn't stop and admire it like they do in the episode. I'd be like, right. Speed walking time. I would just okay. beeline it for the house. While we're talking about the scarecrow. Yeah. When Dean goes and looks at the scarecrow after Sam has abandoned him. We'll talk about that later on. I'm yeah, sure. we'll come back let's, to that. Let's talk about the logistics of the episode first <laughs> and then we'll do a bit of character analysis. I mean, we always loop around fucking... We always... <laughs> no particular order. <laughs> yeah. Dean goes to look at the scarecrow, realises it's the scarecrow because it has the tattoo from the last victim. victim. Yeah. Is the scarecrow... Just made up of, like, the skin of its victim. That's what I've always assumed. Yes, it, like, repairs itself. It's like a patchwork skin person. But that begs the question <laughs> for me. Yeah. What was it made out before the sacrifices started? Maybe the initial scare... Like, maybe to summon the original god. And, I mean, this is just absolutely me talking out of my ass with no nothing to back me up. But maybe the original sacrifices were carried out by people to summon the deity and then the original scarecrow was like maybe they like this is kind of horrible but like i mean the whole thing is horrible you know how you like would tan the hide of like a cow like if you were going to make leather maybe they made people leather and then made the scarecrow out of the initial human sacrifices and then that sort of is like how the deity was initially paid off and then it would just stay and continue to make sacrifices but the people no longer have to do it the deity does it itself through the puppet that is the scarecrow because i think the deity is actually attached to the tree and the scarecrow is only animated for the purpose of the sacrifice i'm pretty sure that's the clarification in the episode because that's why they destroy the tree not the scarecrow do you know what just hit me though what if it only becomes animated and it's only animated one week of the year yeah they just have a creepy fucking scarecrow sitting there like 51 other weeks of the year. That has got to be lowering the, like, market potential of that property. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, you've got a real estate agent come along to, like, evaluate the property. They're like, ooh, I feel like this would sell for a higher price if you got rid of the creepy human leather scarecrow. And they're like, oh, no, actually, that's kind of essential. <laughs> Talking about the town being convinced that this pagan god is essential. Yeah. That scene where, like, the aunt and uncle are basically like, oh, we're going to sacrifice you to this god. Yeah. It reminded me so strongly of the scene in um Avengers Infinity War where Thanos, Thanos. sacrifices Gamora <laughs> Do you know to get the bloody Infinity Stone. And then he's like, you know, it all requires sacrifice. It's like, fucking sacrifice yourself then, mate. Do you know? What the funniest thing is, is it also reminded me of a different scene from an iconic movie. Uh, However, slightly different vibes. The movie it reminded me of was the original Shrek. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the scene 
it reminded me of was Lord Farquaad saying, some of you may die, but it is a sacrifice that I am willing to make. So I'm glad when you said, it reminded me of this, I was like, if you say Shrek, I'm gonna die. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that it reminded us both of movies, classic movies in their own right, it's just different ones. <laughs> Very different movies. Vibe uh, check, significantly different. <laughs> yeah, Shrek aged better. <laughs> So I was very, like, that scene, and they're basically like, oh, it's for the good of the town, you know, like, it's like, if that's really what you believe, if you believe that the town is the most important above all, yeah, why the fuck are you not sacrificing yourself? Because they end up getting sacrificed anyway, basically. I think, like, their thought process is like, well, it can't be us, because if it's us, like, who will continue on the tradition? But it's also, like, a matter of, yeah, if you think, if your top priority is protecting the town and saving the town... Like, don't make that someone else's, like, responsibility, responsibility in death. And what gets me is it would probably have been a, a better sort of motivator for, like, the future generations to continue doing this tradition mm. if they'd sacrifice themselves. Because then if you are a loved one of someone who sacrificed themselves, you don't want that sacrifice to be in vain. Yeah, it's, like, it's it's more of a reason to, like, dedicate to the cause, I guess. One thing that really gets me is, like, when they do that little huddle where there's, like, the three people under the umbrellas and they're all talking about what they're going to do, which, weird location. I know! I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, surely you could do this in time. I'm like, like, maybe at the cafe. There was, like, three people in there last time. Right. And two of them are, you're assuming they were going to die. Yeah. Like, they are And one out of them town. is Dean. Like, and one of them is Dean. Like, it's so funny. I'm like, so between the three of you, I'm like, you've got the cafe, the garage, the petrol station and the like police office surely one of those four locations or, or either of your houses six locations surely one of them is a suitable place for you to have a conversation but no you're going to stand out in the fucking rain with your little matching umbrellas and and talk about the human sacrifice that way it's like sam yelling about his fucking credit card scams again just standing in the street discussing human sacrifice it's like, surely you could have waited until you were in the car Oh god, but no, when they're having that discussion and they're like, we send the the couples that way every year, like we know how important it is, we understand, like and then he goes, But this is different. This is murder? And I was like, So what was the rest of it? Just like Because also the thing is it's not like the god makes the car malfunction. Like they are sabotaging the cars. Yeah. Like, it's not a case of... Although I do think that somehow the deity does control that because they all break down in the same spot. So I feel like there is some kind of supernatural, like, I don't know, magnet. Yeah. Maybe it can sense that that is the couple that they have, like, prepared for it and it kind of somehow has a power that way. Because, yeah, like, otherwise... Or they've just done the same... They they sabotage all the cars in the same way. Maybe oh, I Because guess... if it's leaking oil or something, it would have a certain Limit. range before it would die. I wonder if they maybe siphon the petrol, petrol to a certain amount. And then because, I mean, if, if you'd been to a petrol station, and in America, I think up until pretty recently, attendants like filled your car yes, for you. Yes, that tripped me up. They definitely have an attendant because when Dean pulls up, it's the girl that gets Emily. sacrificed along with him who like puts the petrol in his car for him. Yeah. And it just, like, is that a i think it is because i remember relatively recently like maybe within the last two years i remember seeing a lot on tumblr of americans having to learn how to fill up their own cars because 
it, like they stopped having attendance for some reason. It may have been like a particular state. Yeah. Where that was, where it, maybe it was like localized. But I remember seeing a lot of pictures online of people just trying to fill up their cars and having no idea how to. But that's really funny to me because like I've been driving since I was what sixteen. Yeah, same. When I first got my learner's permit, and so I one have... of the first things you're shown how to do. Yeah, <laughs> just like, yeah, stick I have it in, been hold the pumping trigger. my own petrol into my car for like eight years now. And it is not a thing in Australia for somebody else to pump your petrol for you. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was potentially, like, uh, years and years ago, but I don't think it's ever anything that even our parents had. No, but also, how is that cost-effective for the petrol station? It's probably definitely not, which I would assume is why they got rid of rid the of position. But it's just, like, you already have to pay someone to stand at the till. Mm. Pumping your own petrol is something that is actually not rocket science. <laughs> Well, Why would they need to pay an extra person to basically stand outside and pump petrol? I also have a feeling where there's like a thing in America where you pay for the petrol first. So like but you, you say like, oh, I want to get like $5. You can, but it's not like the Compulsory. usual. So this is... <laughs> Tangent! A, Tangent City! Such a pointless res- aside. But, but no, it weirded me out because yeah, Australia has not had attendance. gas station attendance for at as, least... Well, as long as we have been alive. 20-odd years. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did want to talk about, actually, from the first couple's murder, is the shaky cam that they use when they're running. Oh, my God. The shaky cam. <laughs> I'm surprised I, you didn't mention it straight away. Yet. No. I had it in my brain as something that I wanted to bring up. I just hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. I watched the episode, and I'm like, ooh, that is shaky cam. <laughs> it is very shaky, shaky cam. It's not even, like, a little bit shaky. It's like... I don't know, it was like you throwing the camera around. like <laughs> It reminded me a bit of episode four, Phantom Traveler, where they had the shaky cam in the plane. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Following on from last episode, John has finally made contact, and when it's confirmed in this episode, it is John that they're talking to. We see him in the, uh, the payphone booth. I want to know your thoughts, because obviously, like, this is probably the most you've seen of John, really, as, like, a character this season. And I'm, like, I'm interested to see what you think and like your opinions also on like sam and dean's reactions to the call okay so you can really see the difference in the way they respond to their father oh yeah big based time. on the call but i just want to say i don't know what it is but something about the actor who plays john yeah like his face just feels punchable like i look <laughs> at his face and i kind of want to just punch him you know what i mean <laughs> nothing against the actor or anything but but just, just something Morgan. Oh, something about funny. his face I it might just be I've never seen him in anything else, so it might just be him playing John Winchester. But no, something <laughs> about his face so punchable. I don't know what it is, but I'm just looking at it and it's like I want to hit it. <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't even know. It's just yeah. I was watching. I'm like, ooh, I'm getting like bad vibes. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. <laughs> and that may just be because he's a good actor and like John Winchester is meant to give off bad vibes. Yeah. But also like. Bad vibes. It's funny because at this point in the series, like you mentioned, uh, I can't remember when, but you have mentioned previously that like you don't know that much about John and like in Phantom Traveler, you're like, it was weird. They kind of painted him as like a good parent and stuff. And like, it's kind of back yeah, and forth. Yeah, because I've him. only seen like shit stuff about how he's a bad parent. So like, maybe that's just my preconceived ideas. Yeah. Tainting yeah. what my opinion is. And I've heard through fandom, etc., that John's a shitty parent, but also like, I don't know what it is, man. Bad vibes, yeah. and that may be because of what I've heard in the past, but also, like, 
Yeah, it did. It did really trip me out on Phantom Traveler because it was very much like... Almost positive. Almost a positive portrayal of him in terms of like, oh, he's just doing what he had to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's like, well, he really didn't have to drag his two sons who were still literal children yeah. around An infant for in one case. Yeah. Many years on the road, have absolutely no stability in his life for them. Like, if he wanted to help with the supernatural, I'm sure there's other things he could have done besides oh. becoming a full-fledged hunter who's dragging his sons around the bloody country yeah. to face things that could potentially kill them the, and training them up as little soldiers. There is a really tragic post on Tumblr that I love. It, like, gives you whiplash right at the very Jesus end. Christ, that was a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you most of it because it is massive spoilers, but... I really love the very start of it, which is like, imagine a supernatural where John Winchester loved his sons a little more and gave them up for adoption. And it's like, it hits you because you're like, fuck, yeah. Like, if he cared a bit more about them and their actual lives and the experiences that he's giving them, and like, he couldn't put aside his revenge quest for Mary and he couldn't put aside that, the thing that would have been in their best interest would have been to let someone else give them a safer, stable, quote-unquote, normal life. The rest of the post goes into like more detail and more depth, and, and like I said, I can't really elaborate to you without it being huge spoilers, but even that first line, I wish I could remember the OP man, it like it makes me cry every time. And like even from that opening line, it just gets me. I think the phone call didn't reveal anything they hadn't already been hinting at in the previous episodes, especially when he was at Missouri's, literally directly after his sons were at Missouri's, mm. and uh, he was a punk-ass bitch <laughs> and decided to avoid his sons instead of uh, you know dealing with his problems or communicating anything, which I think is pretty par the course. Like, it's what you're expecting from the father of the Winchester brothers, because <laughs> that's what they do, like... Yeah. I feel like the genetics are pretty specific there. How did you feel about Sam and Dean's responses to John? Wow. I feel like it's a bit of a run-on from last episode, which is why I wanted to cover it first up. I normally shovel the character shit last. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's my favourite. So, look, we're, we're switching things up. I think it's a really weird thing because it's like, if you look at the first episode, Mm. Sam's like, nah, fuck dad. I don't want to help him. And he's like, come on, dude, you really got to help him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He's in trouble, you've got to help me find him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then this episode, Sam's like, I'm not fucking helping the people Dad wants me to help because I'm going to look for Dad despite the fact that I now know that Dad does not want me to look for him. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about you, but if someone's like, nah, I don't want your help, I'm not going to fucking help them. Yeah. Because if you're trying to help somebody who doesn't want help, impossible situation it's not gonna work to me it was just really like it's a weird sort of like change they've made because it's gone from sam being like oh no fuck dad we don't need to help him to oh dad doesn't want us to help him but i want to help him anyway yeah i think some of that is um when john oh one important thing that we learned from the phone call is that it is a, a demon that killed mary that is something that is new information to the brothers and to the audience watching it for the first time. I feel like I probably spoiled that for you or Tumblr spoiled that for you somewhere along the way. I've No, I've never... No? 
I, I knew that it was obviously something supernatural, but like I don't think I've ever actually seen specifics of what it was that killed Mary. Okay, sure. So well now And we... Jessa made them burn to death on the Yeah, so now we know that it was a demon. Um that's something that uh John shares in the phone call. The other thing that I wanted to know was your opinion on we were kind of going there anyway, but like how Dean reacts to hearing from John as a comparison to Sam. It really reveals that the whole devil may care thing is an act. Yeah. It is literally fucking paper thin because mm. John so much has looked at it and he's like, okay, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's, Jesus fucking Christ. It's literally John is like Dean's God. There is like no room for, at this point, there is no room for disobeying John. There is no room for questioning John. If John says something, it is fact. You know, it's like he's laying the law and Dean's just following it. And like he might act like he doesn't care and he may be like, I can do whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. But John will dictate and Dean will follow. It it carries on a bit from last episode, the themes that we were talking about. But also Sam says to Dean, like outright, I don't understand the blind faith you have in the man. To which Dean replies, it's called being a good son. And it's really interesting. And in future seasons, like when you have seen, particularly through the Kripke era, so seasons one to five, once you get to the end of season five, looking back on this dynamic will have more meaning and will be more interesting in retrospect. The way that Sam, basically, if Sam, if John says anything to Sam, Sam will argue to it. He will argue it till he's blue in the face, right? He's like, dad says not to come looking for me. Well, now I'm going to come looking for him. You know, fuck you. Like you, siblings in you, you need to tell me the information. You need to be open with us. You need to like, you know, not accepting what John is saying and not wanting to trust him and not wanting to listen. And Dean being the exact opposite. You know what I really wish that John had told Dean? What? Don't talk on the fucking phone while driving. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like of all the life lessons John missed out on, that one, that was the kicker. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can kill the supernatural things you want, that's all well and good. But if you die in a fucking car wreck <laughs> because you were on the goddamn phone, stupidity. Yeah. Simple. Oh, dear. So fucking stupid. What good is killing supernatural things if you then kill yourself because you fucking got in a car accident? Jesus Christ, people, stop talking on your phones while driving. There's an episode coming up and it's literally just a whole episode full of really dumb ways to die. And it's very fun. And <laughs> I uh, I don't think anyone dies in a car crash. Oh, kind of. I think it... What do you mean? Oh, kind of. <laughs> it's supernatural. Anything can happen. <laughs> a car is involved in one of the deaths. Um, that clears nothing up, Bethany. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to. I also wanted to talk about, obviously, while we're talking about the brothers and their difference in opinion when it comes to John, in the beginning, like, sort of 10 minutes of the episode, uh, they decide to split up. Sam deciding he's going to go to California and look for John, and Dean deciding that he's going to continue on with the instructions John gave, which is to go to uh, this town, the name of which eludes me. Elevator music while I Google. <laughs> My favourite friend. It is uh, something Berg, I think. It's it's Burke something. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. This is a different Scarecrow from Supernatural. No. How many fucking Scarecrows are there in Supernatural? Is the next one at least put in a field or a veggie patch or somewhere where a Scarecrow is? <laughs> no, actually, the one from season 10 kind of makes less sense. Because this doesn't make a lot of sense to start with. 
technically it's not a different scarecrow. It is a different scarecrow, but it's technically like an imitation of the original one. We'll get there. <laughs> um, here we go. So um, this podcast is over. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not up for a second, even shittier version of scarecrow. It's not it, the actual. The episode is uh, that it's in is. I love it. It's so good. I think it's the 200th. So it was like a celebration episode. So it's like, that's why there's callbacks and stuff to, to previous things. Oh, Burkittsville. 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 So I was close. Yeah, so Dean carries on to Burkittsville. Sam's like, I'm going to California. And I'm like, bitch, how the fuck are you getting there? <laughs> you are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so funny and i love this interaction where dean's like all right i'll fucking leave you here and sam's like that's what i want you to do and it really reminded me of that thing when you're like a kid and you're like fighting with your sibling in the car or something or you're being annoying and your parents are like i'll make you get out and walk home and you're like all right then and my parents actually did pull over once and like make me get out of the car and i was like all right i started walking home and then they like drove back and they were like wait were you actually gonna walk home and i was like yeah Obviously, you told me I had to walk home, so I'm walking Obviously, home. Obviously, I got out of the car. You drove off. Yeah, she's gonna walk home. They looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, "What else did you expect me to do?" I'm but seven. hitchhiking again makes another reappearance um, in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Which it brings me to my PSA for today. Do you want to guess what it is this week? Don't let random strangers in your car. No, today's Jamie's PSA. Don't talk to women while they're wearing headphones. <laughs> if they are wearing headphones, they don't want you to talk to them. Don't talk to women while they're wearing headphones. Don't talk to anyone while they're wearing headphones. Especially not if you're in public. You're right. Absolutely. If, if someone's got headphones on in public, unless you absolutely have to talk to them or, like, you have important information for them or something, like, yes, you should fucking leave them alone. That is the introduction to Meg. Yes. Who I believe I included in my... You did. I feel like that was one that I didn't characters. know anything about. I think it was. Yes. So, like, I remembered hearing her name in relation to Supernatural. Mm. And, like, when I was watching this, I'm like, is this the Meg? The Meg that comes back? Because, like, Meg's also not an uncommon not name. Not an uncommon name. So yeah. I was like, is this going to be, like, a single episode character or is she going to come back? So, like, they meet. They're both trying to hitchhike. Yeah. The van pulls up and they're just like, just her, not you. I Which, know. for me, is, like, a massive red flag as a woman. <laughs> but, yeah, really... nothing good happens in a van. I don't know. Look, at the time, I'm like, I don't know why you get in. And then it was revealed later. There is a reason she, she got into the van. handle herself. I really love, as well, that, like, Sam says to her, like, really? You're, you don't trust me, but you trust Shady Van Guy? Then she's like, yeah, absolutely. And he drives up. And Sam looks so offended. <laughs> so funny it's like to I don't be know fair though was... i would trust neither of them true i would also trust neither of them but i love i don't know if it was like intentional on jared's part that like look on his face or if it just kind of like happened as like a you know how you just your face moves involuntarily yeah as an actor i assume it was a choice that he made but um it was a good it's, choice it's, it's a very funny, funny moment yeah and he's just like fucking all right like <laughs> i also just another like fun moment once uh, Sam does eventually make it to the uh, like bus interchange to catch the bus to California and he's speaking to the lady at the desk you know she's saying oh the car like the bus sorry won't be here until five o'clock tomorrow and he's like oh there has to be another way and she's like yeah buy a car and I was like fuck the shade on this woman like <laughs> she just had no remorse the she fucking- just you can tell, though, that it's starting to get, like, and she is sick of his fucking shit. She's like, <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Sam, like, there I is can... no other buses. I don't make the timetable. 
I don't control this. We've all had that customer who's been right. like, you've been like, oh, I'm really sorry. We don't have that. We like, we don't have any of that left in stock. And they go, can you check out the back? Can you check out the back? It's like, I can tell you now we have none out the yeah. back. And even if we did have something out the back, like I work in food. And so we have certain menu items where it's like, they have to cook for like three hours. We have none left cooked. Unless you want to wait two and a half Unless hours. Unless you want to wait two and a half hours. Yeah. Like there is nothing I can do for you. I don't know what you want me to do. I can sell you raw food if you'd like. Yeah. Hmm. But like, would you like salmonella? No, Um, I love that it's just like Sam just being so like frustrated. And I feel like he's just gotten used to the luxury of having the car available. And he's forgotten what public transport is like. It's like, yeah, Sam, you don't make the schedule. They do. <laughs> but it is nice because it does, uh, it does allow like kind of, I don't know, 24 hours where Sam and Meg get to interact which is really fun i mean i guess it's kind of revealed at the end of the episode that the whole thing is sort of an act yeah but it is fun because we sort of get to see what sam's interpretation of her is and like the way that she chooses to bond with him is obviously through wanting to distance yourself from your family and stuff and being the odd one out in your family yeah and like she specifically i think mentions like you could be some kind of freak and like you know that idea that he is different and she is also different and I think it's interesting because like obviously we know from the end of the episode that she is tasked like she is they, clearly she was, like, not just a random person who bumped into him while they were both chatting yeah like this was all very premeditated and she was sent to either spy on him or try to convince him to do something yeah or... and so it's it's interesting and telling that that is the way that she decides she can get through to him and gain his trust is to, like, talk about the significance of being othered. And, and also not wanting to do exactly what you're told by your family. Yeah, and wanting to, like, escape that Pressure to do exactly and... what is asked of you, even if that's not what you want for yourself. Yeah, and so I just think that's uh, a very interesting... It's, like, a very common and obvious tactic, but it's interesting that that's the angle that they decided would be most effective against Sam. But, yes... I really like Meg as a character. She's really fun and really interesting. And I'm really excited for you to see more of her. I mean, obviously, you know she recurs because she was part of my list at the start of the podcast. Okay, let's talk about the use of fake names in this episode. Yeah. Because he gives a fake name. (laughs) That's such a bad choice. Immediately gets called out on it. I know. And then he still gets the information anyway. Oh, it's such a bad choice. Like, he could have... Used at least a different first name and just gone with, like... Or a different last name. Well, I mean, I guess the whole point is, like, he just needs to change the last name. And, like, the fact that he, like, I don't know, chose to use that particular name for a guy who was, like, older than him and would probably most definitely know the band that he was referring to. Oh, God. What was the guy's name? Scotty, I think? Yeah, and he literally... He gives the last name and the dude's like, oh, like, the band... And he's like, yeah, from you mean the lead drummer from Led Zeppelin? <laughs> and he's like, oh wow, good, a classic rock fan. It's like, and doesn't doesn't like, clarify any doesn't, further. <laughs> all, all he needed to say was like, my parents were massive fans. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't clarify anything. He just literally is like, he's like, yep, yeah. And the dude accepts it, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. I love that his next tactic, though, is to, like, try and flirt with the guy. He's just like, did anyone ever tell you your smile lights up a room? And the guy just looks at him. <laughs> just completely unamused. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> it's just like, Dean, you are not, you're not going to flirt your way through this. He is 
not picking up what you are putting down, sir. And then he has a similar problem with the people inside the diner as well, where it's funny because it sort of like ties into your point where you're like, Dean's kind of useless at talking to people. But But also they've made that his only function really as a hunter (laughs) talking to people. Like, because they really emphasize the whole, like, it's not him that does the research, it's Sam. Yeah. So it's sort of like, Dean's just meant to be like the the charismatic people person who like fights them. But then it's sort of like, how the fuck did he get anywhere hunting by himself if he is so bad about talking to people Uh, it's funny because he's not bad at talking to people he's just not i don't don't even know how to describe it but it's like in this particular episode like he's trying to put his point across to these people and like kudos to him because it does come off a little bit desperate but it's also like i was genuinely trying to think to myself if i was in his position how would i have done this better and i was like genuinely i have no idea Because he does try and be like, oh, like, I can help fix your car sooner than that. And, oh, like, I wouldn't trust these roads after night. And, like, they're still flat out ignoring him. And, like, that's the point where he's like, you might be in danger. And they're like, okay, you're insane. I'm genuinely, like, he did give them, like, a couple of fairly valid, like, reasons. And he just wasn't getting anywhere. And I was like, man, I guess, like, at that point, what other option do you have? See, in my experience fighting pagan Norse gods... Oh, yes. As you yeah. have extensive, extensive experience. So much experience. Your whole You resume. wouldn't even believe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, in that case, I don't know why he didn't just go out and sneak out and sabotage the car more. So they yeah. couldn't leave that night? I guess so. Or, um, I guess the only thing that I could think is that rather than try and dissuade them from going, he could have just waited along the stretch of road and like tailed them yeah but i guess it would be more effective to just stop them from going in the first place than to just have to tail them and then hope he could save them and i guess what he does in the end is end up doubling back because the sheriff chases him out of town which were the sirens necessary like they're the only two cars on the road yeah (laughs) but you know he does obviously double back and basically look for their car and then save them. And happily, those two happen to, to get out. Although they never explain how they fixed the car. Maybe they just called, like, I don't know, RAA, like roadside assist. They're like, hello, <laughs> uh, a, a pagan god stopped our car from working. Uh, please come help. All he had to do was come across them before they got out of the car and offer to fix the car for them. Mm. Pull over, offer assistance, and then they wouldn't have gone into the creepy orchard with the scarecrow. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was a bit of a, like, a rock and a hard place situation where it was like, well, I tried to tell them and that didn't work. You know, and then, like, obviously the, like, locals did not want him snooping around. So, bye-bye. Also, I don't know about you. I did not, like, even, like, re-watching this episode for probably the eighth time, I really did not pick the, like, history professor as being in on the situation. I always forget that he knows what's going on. I don't know, he just doesn't give me a bad vibe. And then, like, he goes to leave and, like, the sheriff, like, knocks him fucking out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. See, because I actually kind of picked up on that. I'm like, wow, this is really, really convenient. I'm like, that. this is suspiciously convenient. Like, just the way when he's like, oh, what about that one? He almost sort of, like, tries to dismiss him. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, like, a weird, like, apparently this dude's just like a curious student why would you dissuade him from like asking about a specific yeah he's like oh that's not a woods god yeah that, mm. that seems kind of weird because I... if i remember correctly the way he asked the professor about it 
is not specifically like Wood's God. Like that is what the professor comes up with. He asks. I don't about, remember specifically, but it's. I think you're right. I don't think he says scarecrow, but he says something along the lines of like. Yeah, I think he does prosperity use prosperity or something. Like yeah, that. I think he does use the word protection. Yeah. One thing I do love though is when the townspeople are like they've locked Dean and uh, Emily in like the cellar. And, like, Dean's trying to get out, and she's like, so they're gonna, like, you know, murder us or whatever? He's like, sacrifice, technically. Classier, classier, I I guess. (laughs) I also did love that line. Uh, I just thought it was so funny. God, And the way, again, like, the way that Jensen delivers it is, like, perfect. It's so good. I do appreciate now that we're a few episodes in, like, they kind of are leaning a bit more into, like, the humour and, like, some, like, they always have, but it's sort of, it's landing better as they get to know the characters, both the actors and the, the writers as well. Dean also gets a lot of the comedic lines. Like, there's a moment earlier in the episode where it's the day and he is in the orchard with the scarecrow and he basically calls it an ugly motherfucker. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Obviously not those words. Yeah. He's just straight up insulting the the creepy-looking scarecrow that has no place being where it is. Yeah, and then he's like, nice tat. (laughs) While we're on the topic of Dean, which we often are, I wanted to talk about the like conversation that Dean and Sam have on the phone once like when Dean's driving, as you say, as he shouldn't be, and he's, you know, talking to Sam about how, oh, I think it's a god and I'm on my way to, to speak to the professor now. I kind of just wanted to bring up that I think this highlights that while Dean obviously will go to the ends of the earth trying to obey John's orders, he and John are very fundamentally different, especially when it comes to Sam. Um, so this is where I should have a button that literally just goes, Bethany has jumped too far into the future. Jamie has no <laughs> knowledge of this because I haven't seen anything about the way John hunts. Oh, this is not about hunting. This is about how... Um, because you are saying how John and Dean are fundamentally different in the way they approach things. Oh, in the way they... Like, in terms of Sam, though, specifically. So where John... See, because obviously- I was thinking you were referring to, like... John doesn't ask for help on his hunts. He's, like, very, like, oh, oh I've well. got to do it myself. <laughs> that <And> is true. <laughs> Dean is reaching out for help and a second pair of ears to help him. Yeah. With it. So I'm like, I, I don't know that. You, it's funny because what you just said is basically, like, true. From, from my memory, I don't really think that – obviously, in the early stages, like, John had people that he reached out to, like Missouri, for example, and, and later we find some other characters that he interacted with uh, when he first got into hunting – to get tips and tricks and learn the Well, I mean, they do list a couple off at the start of last episode. Oh, when they're trying to and... go through his, like, all of the contacts he has in the world to see if any of them have heard from him recently. Do you know what's funny? Is of the, like, I think they list three or four names. Of them all, I think we only ever actually meet one of them on screen. I think Pastor Jim. I'm pretty sure we meet at some point. That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that we interact with him at some point. I just can't I can't remember if it's like they find out he's been murdered so they go to investigate or he just he like calls them and is like someone has been murdered. It's like one of the two. But yeah, they I think he's so the Pastor only one. Jim's a major character. <laughs> I feel like he's actually literally just in one episode, but <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Bethany, so... why wasn't he on your list of fan favorite recurring <laughs> characters? Pastor Jim. From what I can tell, he's mentioned in at least two episodes. <laughs> Yeah, so what I like wanted to 
to mention though, in the way that Sam and sorry, uh, the way that Dean and John differ in relation to Sam is where John said hunting is the only life that you should be leading, like you shouldn't be going to school, no, you can't play soccer, like all these things. Dean bow hunting is a valuable skill. Bow hunting is a valuable skill. Um, I'm rereading the Hunger Games at the moment, so that like particularly resonates with me. <laughs> but in contrast, while Dean believes all of those things, because that's what John has said, and John is like his god, as it were, he recognizes that that is not what Sam wants and is not what is necessarily best for Sam. And so even though he wants Sam to be with him and to help him and keep him company and all those things, he says to him, I have always admired the way that you have been able to stand up to dad. And I think you should go and do what you want. And I'm proud of you. I think in that moment, like, it really shows that Dean is not only a better person, but also a better parent than John ever was. I mean, it's or not at a least high since bar. Mary died. At least, you know, since Mary. And you're right, it's not a very high bar. But it's also interesting because, like, he doesn't finish the sentence, but he, Dean does say, you know, hell I wish I. And he kind of dismisses it and says, anyway, don't worry, like, don't worry about it. And it, it's for me also an implication that not only does he, like, respect Sam and is proud of Sam, but he's kind of jealous of the fact that Sam can stand up to John and can distance himself from the life. Whereas he, feels like he's too entrenched. He can't step out from under John's thumb. Also, while we're talking about that phone call... Sorry, have I gone too far? But I just want to point out that Dean calls Sam Geek Boy. Yeah, <laughs> I know, Law Boy, Geek Boy, what's next? <laughs> Why are they so insistent on calling him, like, boy? Because they are meant to be, what, 26 and 22? Yeah. Like, I am meant to be older than Sam in this season? I'm supposed to be the same age as Sam. Which is insane, yeah. by the way. Can you imagine us being our ages doing the shit that they're doing? Does that make that's them terrifying you Sam? to me? Now that's something to unpack. <laughs> it's funny when I remember because, like, when I first watched this, I was like fourteen. Yeah, so um, I was like, "Wow, they're so old. They're twenty-two and yeah. twenty-six." And like now, I'm like, "Oh shit, that's me!" Like, fuck. What if I was the one who was traveling cross country, murdering pagan gods? Like, what a what a trip. No. Okay, while we're talking about traveling cross country, yeah, the name of the bus, like on the coach line on the side of the bus, did you pick it up? Did I, you notice that detail? I did notice it. It's something like American American freedom. Freedom, yeah. How fucking on the nose <laughs> is that as a name? It's a bit uh, plot relevant. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me some of the choices of music in this are on the nose too, like some of the lyrics. That's something that's like recurring. Like a lot of the time they will pick music with like specific lyrics or specific themes that tie into what the episode is about or how one of the characters is feeling or something like that. Actually, I've been waiting. There's a specific piece of music that is Dean's theme. It plays when he's having like an emotional moment or something important is happening. It's a very specific piece of music and I actually really like it. Um, so essentially they're trying to breed in the Pavlovian response. Kinda. <laughs> you hear that music and you're like, oh, Dean, <laughs> my poor baby. <laughs> what have they done to you now? It's a, yeah, it's a really nice piece of music, but I don't know if there's one specific for Sam. I would have to look into it. it. At least there's not one that I have specifically noticed, or maybe it's just not as obvious. Like it's not as It's a little more subtle. Yeah, because I think there's also one for Cass, but I never picked up on that either. I only ever really picked up on the one for Dean. And, like, I love 
Cass and I also love Sam, I feel like I would have noticed if they were particularly obvious pieces of music. While we're talking about subtle details, though. Yeah. The fucking book where he goes to the professor and the professor pulls out the book. Yeah. The book looks creepy as fuck. I literally did not notice. It's like... Does it? Yeah. It's like <laughs> leather bound with like buckles on it. Do you reckon it's more people leather? <laughs> I wasn't concerned until this second about it being people leather. Bethany? Look, it seems like it might be a, a commodity in this particular neck of the woods. Literally. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's talk Sorry about that. some. Of the, let's... I feel like I completely derailed where you wanted to go with that point. No, I just wanted to point out that it was a creepy book. Okay. Now I want to talk about logistics in the supernatural universe. Oh, okay. I've got my bestiary ready if necessary. No, oh. not about bestiary, about real life issues. Oh, sure. Okay. Dean is tied to a tree. Yes. Sam is in bus station. Yes. Presumably a decent amount of space away. Yes. And time away to yes. cross it. Yes. How the fuck does Sam get from the bus station to Dean? He stole a car. It's in the dialogue. <laughs> it is in the dialogue. But how does he steal the car? How does he know exactly where Dean is? Yeah, how he got to Dean's specific location is up for debate. I don't know. But he, he definitely got back in time because he stole a car because Dean's like, that's my boy. <laughs> but yes, no, I uh, <laughs> I love Ashley in that scene where she's like, okay, what's the plan? He's like, I'm working on it. And then they just use that thing where it goes from daytime to nighttime. And she's like, you don't have a plan. He's like, I'm working on it. I did love that little, do you not know what I'm talking about? Did yes, you? I know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. You're looking like you wiped that scene from your memory. <laughs> I wiped all the scenes from my memory. That's fair. They're disgusted about the god. <laughs> Um, Auto-delete. I think it's just that, yeah, it's kind of just, you assume that he probably hot-wired a car at the bus station and just hightailed it back to the town and then, I don't know, just went to the, I mean, Dean had told him that it was a scarecrow in the orchard, so maybe he just, like, assumed to go to the orchard because he hadn't heard from Dean since and, like, that kind of indicates that maybe Dean had an altercation with the thing. So I guess if I was Sam, I would probably just go looking at the orchard. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. (laughs) There's this moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And Dean calls out to Sam. And the way he says Sam's name is insanely weird. I don't know if you would have picked it up. Clearly not. I feel I feel like a, it was like, a blank void. Sam! And I'm like, the fuck was that? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a voice actor. And it doesn't sound exactly like that. But I'm... <laughs> Can you imagine if that was actually how it sounded in the episode? <laughs> like Jensen's voice just breaks mid-scene. And they're like, yeah, we'll keep that in. <laughs> we got to take that little sound file, right? And edit it over the scene. Rewatch it. I swear to God, there's a, it's a moment, right? Do you know when in the episode or do I have to rewatch the whole 40 minutes? You're going to rewatch the whole 40 minutes anyway. All right, look, next time I do a rewatch, I'll I'll remember this moment. I'll, I'll Snapchat no, it to I'm you. No, I'm pretty sure it's at the end when Sam saves Dean. Like, it's in that section of the Oh, episode. okay. Okay. Let's talk about the lighting in this episode. In today's <laughs> installment... Sake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In today's installment of Jamie versus the lighting department. You're, this is going to be a never-ending, a never-ending hey, cycle. Hey, look, I have let go of how much I hate Sam's hair. <laughs> I have let go of that. I am not letting go of the lighting department. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. <laughs> In the end scene, they're outside. It's the middle of the day. I'm looking at the sky. It's fully overcast. And all I could think is, 
do you think there are days where they like plan to film and then it was too sunny and they were like, nope, we can't <laughs> film today. They just like erect tarps over the whole set. <laughs> Everyone's got umbrellas hanging out. I don't know what it is with them filming daytime scenes like it's the evening. It's funny. There is an episode coming up actually. I can't remember. If, I feel like it's first or second season. They end up on a film set and within the episode there is a shot or like a scene where like the director of the episode sorry of the episode of the movie like yeah of the set that they're on and maybe the writer or like two like executives basically are talking and they're sort of back and forthing about some notes that they'd gotten from like the head of the studio and they basically were like complaining about like oh why is this happening why is this happening And every single note that they mention in the episode is a real legitimate complaint they got from, like, the CW or whatever. I don't know if they've always aired on the CW or maybe they changed. But whichever, like, studio they were with in that season, they are all of the complaints that Supernatural legitimately got, like, when they... So they complained about the light. And one of the things is that it's too dark. Why is it so dark? (laughs) So what you're telling me is I'm on the CW side. Yeah, which is where you don't want to be. That's concerning. Sort out your... Sort out your fucking alignment, Jamie. Jamie, Team CW. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Do not make that a hashtag. Yeah, no, so I feel like that will be a fun episode for you because they'll, they'll just go through, like, three or four legitimate complaints and you'll get some uh, vindication. Like, I-, I swear to God, they look at it and it's like, well, nope, today's too sunny. Makes me think of uh, the scene in El Dorado. I thought you were going to be like, reminds me of Twilight where they just sparkle when they go in the sun. Do you think Jensen and Jared are vampires like Twilight? <laughs> Yeah, that's the real reason why Sam has long hair. It's <laughs> to shield him from the sun. <laughs> and that's why they always wear so many layers. All that plaid. <laughs> Can't be seen sparkling. Wait, if they're like the vampires from Twilight, does that mean we'd be able to tweet at them what the questions that we had about, about vampire like shit? <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I-, I feel like we should probably wrap up anything else that we wanted to say now. <laughs> Before we are fully dissolved into a I've literally nearly been awake for, in 15 minutes, I will have been awake for a solid 24 hours. So I feel like I'm doing pretty well, (laughs) considering, but I'm starting to lose the plot. Um, See, you say that like Supernatural has any plot. I didn't say Supernatural was losing the plot. I said I was losing the plot. Although, So it's fitting because Supernatural has no plot. Oh, it's it's fitting because Supernatural made me lose the plot originally. (laughs) That's what gave me the brain worms. Isn't it brain rot? It's either. It's okay. interchangeable. You can also eat glass, eat drywall, eat plywood. You can just basically eat any construction material. If you hear any random punching oh. during the podcast. It's me. So the last thing that I wanted to mention is uh, quite fittingly right at the end of the episode. Uh, we have Meg who is traveling with some unnamed creepy dude. And she suggests he pull over. He interprets that as she is going to perform a sexual favor, which is... Men are stupid. And horny. Then, of course, she doesn't do that. She uh, murders him in cold blood and uses his piping hot blood to talk to a yet unknown entity entity who she refers to as father. Do you think Meg effectively utilised girl power in that scene? But no, seriously, how the fuck did she get that much blood in the car? She's a hashtag girl boss. (laughs) Gaslight, gatekeep, girl Girl boss. boss. 
I knew watching the scene, I was like, oh, Jamie's going to be like, there's no way they got that much blood. <laughs> um, the special effects in that scene are just baffling to I, me on a logistic level. I love when she, like, she's got what she wants and she just kind of, like, pushes him and, like, blocks him to the, the side of the car. I don't, like, it's so unnecessary. I feel like that it's, wasn't meant to be a comedic scene. Oh, it, it's so unnecessary, but it feels so funny to me because she's just, like, ew. <laughs> it's just, like, very much, like, shit's quick, like, ew, David. <laughs> she, like, pushes him away. Yeah, no, look, it's probably unlikely that she got that much blood to actually flow directly into the goblet, but, eh, also, magic, supernatural, not... blah, blah, blah. Also, how did she not get blood all over the side of the goblet? Uh, maybe she did. Maybe we just don't see it. She covers it strategically with her hands. I don't fucking know, Jamie. Magic. Supernatural. <laughs> she makes a, essentially, like, a voice call using a bowl of blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Magic. Supernatural. Who needs a fucking cell phone? Yeah, right. I, <laughs> I was really watching it like, oh, well, I guess mobile phones are just too costly for the, like supernatural community i guess they don't have credit cards they could have done the same with like donated blood oh like if they just stole just go to the the hospital like steal a blood bag pour it into the cup would that work i don't know because you know how like sometimes that it's like the intention is like key to the ritual so like do i know that (laughs) i don't know like just like in in like general like folklore and then like sometimes it's like it everything has to be done in a specific way so maybe it's like a murder, like some sort of sin, has to be committed for the like spell to work. You know, you don't have you have like rituals, and you got to like sacrifice a goat or whatever. Like if you just like oh yes, a I, goat. sorry, I completely <laughs> forgot my weekly goat sacrifice. <laughs> okay, like so, think about it this way: if you had an ancient civilization that like sacrificed a goat for whatever deity or whatever ritualistic purpose. That's not the same as someone nowadays performing the same ritual, like buying some goat from the butcher and then like using that. Like if you have a ritual but where difference... it's like you throw a, an animal into, I don't know, like a volcano versus getting like pre-butchered meat and then throwing that at a volcano. Like it's technically the same. Like either way, you're throwing goat meat into a volcano, but it's, but it's not the same. Which is why I wonder, like, maybe... But it's fundamentally different. Here's the thing. It, the way you're saying it seems to imply that you're just getting a part of the goat. So it's already different in that respect that the intention wouldn't be that important. I guess so. But, like, I guess my thing is, like, maybe it's just, like... I mean, maybe it's the difference between, like, throwing somebody that you've murdered into a volcano versus somebody Someone, who Like died, a body you just found. And then you... <laughs> I'm just trying to work out how you'd get the entire okay. animal without killing it okay. yourself. So, like, and humans were the only it, example I could think of. Okay, so like, it's different. It's like if I was at the mouth of a volcano and I pushed someone who was alive in versus someone dying while we walked up the volcano and then tossing their body in. But then there's the difference of whether they were alive or dead when they went into the volcano. So you'd have to murder them and then throw them in the volcano for it to be comparable. I would suggest that me pushing them into the volcano would result in their death, therefore I am their murderer. Yeah, but they would have been alive when they were in the volcano versus when they were dead. So if I stabbed them and then pushed them in a volcano. you got to stab them, (laughs) let them bleed out, and then then push them into the volcano. Right, great. Glad we clarified that. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, I think it's maybe like it. It could be like a ritualistic 
thing. Because especially because it seems like she's she like does like an incantation, like spell work. A lot of the time, at least within Supernatural, spells have to be done. Like you have various ingredients and you do them in a specific order. And some of it is very particular. Like you have to have a branch from this specific one tree. Or like you have to have, I think there's one monster that can only be killed with like the sharpened bone of a like a righteous woman or something so they have to like find the grave of a nun and like sharpen her femur or something to like that's a while away but like there's some really specific <laughs> you say that like it makes it better <laughs> god sometimes you say things out loud about this show and you just reconsider your life but yeah so we've worked it out it's not the journey of me growing to like supernatural it's the journey of bethany starting to hate supernatural oh god part of loving it is hating it honestly very fine line major point though are you yes. ready to stop sidetracking the conversation bethany <laughs> um i think unless you wanted to talk about anything else you're all you're all supernatural all, out. Yeah, why too many discussions about supernatural? <laughs> We've only had eleven, Jamie. Twelve. Fuck. All right. You Sorry. didn't include the pre-thoughts, oh. which was technically a discussion about supernatural. Jesus. Fuck. Come from my life, I guess. Okay, so if you have nothing else to add, and I also have nothing else to add, then I guess that brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah. So, how would you rate Scarecrow? You gave the last one, I think, a 3.5, if you wanted a reference point. I think I'm going to give it a two and a half. So the lighting was as bad as it was the last episode, but it didn't make any sense for the lighting to be that dark <laughs> this episode. Mm-hmm. Some of the acting choices were questionable, mm-hmm. like more significantly than in the last episode. And just the storyline, like, Jesus like Christ, it. what the fuck was happening in this episode? <laughs> okay, and so the next episode is called Faith. Do you have any predictions based on title alone? No, I don't think I do. I'm trying to think, like, what could it mean in the context of Supernatural? Yeah, like, what kind of interpretation you want to go for? What kind of interpretation? Maybe there's something to do with a church. I mean, because, like, Hookman was technically about, like, a church. So it's like, that doesn't make sense to me why they would name this one Faith. Maybe it's referring to, like, Dean's faith in John. It's obviously referring to the character's faith in something. Whether that's What that is is up for debate. Or... John or Mary, which would be a weird thing to have faith in, considering <laughs> she died when they were literally babies. Babies. I'm not really certain where this is going to go. This seems cool. like a bit of a very open-ended one. Yeah. I, I'm i really interested to see your thoughts on this episode. It's one that I really like. I think it's it's really interesting. It's really, really interesting having watched the show through. I feel like you know enough about what happens throughout the show that you will be able to see what I'm talking about without it being spoilery. So that will be fun to chat with you about, I think. Uh, Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to interact with us, you can find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod and you can argue with her about various things such as, I don't know, the logistics of uh, pagan deities, for example. And if you really want to change Bethany's mind about, you know, what sort of father John was. You can find her over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. I'm sure she just really needs to know how much, like, he's just a fantastic father, you know. She doesn't currently agree with you, but I'm sure you can make her see some sense, okay? I will. There are, I'm pretty open-minded about most topics. That is, I, mm, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Have a lovely afternoon, evening, morning, etc. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.